I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ethan the Palmer bringing you guys some Magic the Gathering lore. Uh, this week's episode comes at the request of Lizard Wizard and Monica from the email inbox. A uh, special shout out as well to Bison for requesting Magic the Gathering. Just uh, he requested EDH commanders, which I won't be doing this episode, Bison, but maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, with me, of course, is Peter O'Donoghue. Hello. And James Miller. Hey, my friends call me Jim Bob John. Uh, how you do? Jim Bob John. Uh, Dara just sent me a uh, Photoshop that someone did of a friend of ours, a mutual friend uh, that Jamie knows as well, Natalie, where he Photoshopped her onto a magic card uh, that was 10-10. So I guess that's good. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, stat lines in a lot of card games matter much less than uh, card text, like what the card does. Like a 1-1 can be way better than a 10-10 if Uh, the 1-1 has something. So like a 1-1 one, one with Death Touch in Magic the Gathering uh, will kill a 10-10, right? Okay. Because it's got Death Touch, yeah. and Death Touch just means if it does any damage to anything, that thing dies. And there's, Sorry, card- there's cards that just say you win, right? Like, if, if these yeah. conditions are met, game over. Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, one we've talked about before is Phage the Untouchable. Yes. Uh, who, if Phage deals any damage to the other player, uh, you win the game. Uh, but... There's like a bunch of limitations on how you can like get Phage onto the battlefield, which means if you don't do that, you lose. So if the opponent has a card that says, look at your opponent's hand and place a card from their hand onto the battlefield, then and you have Phage in your hand, they can make you like lose the game like that. It's uh, it gets a little wild. It gets a little wild. Dang. Um, so yeah, with the advent of the scariest time of the year, uh, we're going gothic. Uh, this was actually a direct request from Monica, who uh, conveniently did point out that it is uh uh, Halloween season. It's yeah. uh, October now. Um, so we're going to be talking about Innistrad, uh, which is a human-dominated plane complete with zombies, werewolves, vampires, ghosts. Uh, all those good spooky things. Candy yeah, it corn. is It is spooker season, so October 5th, baby. It's time to get started. Let's go. We're going to the pumpkin plane. Plane of pumpkins. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've got the great pumpkin commander deck where it's, you just like pull Linus from fucking... <laughs> from peanuts. <laughs> I saw someone carve a pumpkin not with a knife but with a pressure washer on Reddit, and I really like that idea. It just seems fast <laughs> and cool. easy. Yeah, yeah. Probably takes the guts out of it right away too. You know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you like turn down the pressure enough, you could probably get it to like wash out the top if you like pressure wash it upside down, right? Yeah. All sometimes, right. sometimes when I really when I'm really backed up, I put the uh, the end of a pressure washer into my mouth and just rinse myself out, so yeah, I can really nice. Uh, I thought you were going to go the bidet route. I've always wanted one. Please send me reviews for bidets. I'm interested. Please send your your bidets to James Miller, P.O. Box, (laughs) 555, Quadike 5. 
new Patreon tier, uh, Jamie's Bidet Fund. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've done a pretty good thwack of Magic the Gathering episodes in the past. Um, if you like this episode, you may end up liking those other episodes. None of the other episodes, lore-wise, are going to be required reading for this one. Okay, no homework on this episode. Good. Because I hear that, that a lot of the people in the Discord are quite busy these days, so yeah. I'm glad uh, there's no assignment coming this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, our, our listeners are known for never going back and listening to old episodes, only listening to the most current stuff. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will say there is one episode which uh we'll have a brief crossover near the end uh with this one okay uh, and that's the magnetic nico bolas which was like early season two i think it was our second ever magic the gathering episode okay where we, we talk about the planeswalker liliana vess okay uh she's gonna make an appearance in this one towards the end she's um, she's sexy she fits it yeah she's from innistrad originally so oh. um yeah kind of fitting that she would make an appearance uh she, She's like a zombie girl. She raises zombies. She's a black necromancer. Not uh, black skin color, but <laughs> she uses black magic. Yeah, black um, magic. <laughs> and uh, raises uh, zombies, essentially, which uh, I, were in my list uh, of the spooky things right. that might, might appear in this episode. Now, Is um, she a barber? She's a zombie a bar barber. She raises zombies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives them crew cuts. Yeah. I like your cut, G. Slap. And the scalp yeah. peels off. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I've, I've said a lot of words like planeswalker and black magic and uh liliana vest um, werewolf i don't know where, what the fuck where is. yeah like where are all the wolves where did there there wolf here wolf <laughs> uh, he she we wolf yeah <laughs> why wolf why, that's why wolf, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah let's uh let's do a, a quick recap what I guess you guys remember from Magic the Gathering. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to start with you because you have one thing that you always remember whenever we do Magic episodes, I feel like. Jesus. I remember what? that Nico Bolas, <laughs> I always thought that he had a magnet on his head like forever after, but that was just a joke we made. and I That was me. I made that up. Yeah. Yeah. Irresponsible journalism on mine and Peter's part. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like literally all I remember from... Okay. What is a placewalker? I feel like you remember... Oh. Oh, I can do general stuff. Okay, yeah, Planeswalker is, like, someone who's able to go across uh, the different planes and, like, pull magic out of stuff. And they get that, like, it's it's kind of like um, magic puberty. Like, you don't yeah. become a Planeswalker until usually something traumatic happens or... But it's all relative. Like, some people, yeah. it might be, like, there's no milk left for my craft dinner. And then they're, like, blah! And then they, <laughs> they become a magical person. Some people, like, might be in a, a slave internment camp for their entire life, and that's a, a better reason. Now, I know that was a targeted example, but how frustrating is it when you're making any recipe and you get, let's say, nine-tenths of the way done with the recipe, and you go to your fridge, and there's yeah. there's one ingredient missing, and it's it a is. core ingredient. It <laughs> like, is it's infuriating, just... yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> it'll be, like, not a popular opinion, but I'm cool with making my craft Dinner or my macaroni and cheese. I'm just cool with water. I'll just, like, not, <laughs> I'll, I'll strain it as much as I can and put the powder in and mix it, and it still mixes together. It's not as creamy, but it still tastes that's, like salt and noodles, and it's good. That, that's right, folks. We now have two uses for Jamie's bidet, so make sure to send that. I'm, like, holding the, the pot of macaroni and cheese upside down over the toilet yeah. to add yeah. water. <laughs> um yeah yeah that's that, that's great i i you always i think you were the one to coin magic puberty that's why i love throwing it to you james um mm -hmm. but yeah 
So planeswalkers able to travel the multiverse. Magic is a multiverse. Uh, there's infinite number of planes in theory. Uh, they all revolve around this one special one called Dominaria, where all magic flows from, pretty much. But we have a whole bunch of episodes on Dominaria, if you guys want to listen to any of those. This time we're talking about this specific plane, Innistrad. Uh, we're very briefly going to go to a plane called Zendikar. Um, you but, have mentioned in the past that that sounds like a, a familiar fake word that I uh, that I yeah. heard before. <laughs> Same. That's it. I, I'm 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 proud of you for remembering because I I definitely have. But I was like I was like word searching my scripts today to try and figure out like where we talked about what because these ones are like we're we're harking back real old. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go in depth whenever we we get into it. So okay, uh, let's let's get started in in Innistrad, huh? Yeah. Thousands of years ago. Uh, on the plain of Innistrad, famine swept the land. Orchestrated by the demon lord Shilgengar, people across the plain were going hungry. Peter, do you, do you have a do you have a remark or a question? It's just a super. It's just a silly name. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's like the Monty Python sketch from the Life of Brian, but instead of biggest dickus or whatever, it's uh, yeah. Shilgengar. Shilgengar. It's just like a bunch. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a bunch of silly fantasy words all mashed together. Was trick um, or, yeah, trick or treating right, yeah. was created because of the famine, right? Like it's like that harkens <laughs> back to time when there wasn't enough to go around. So then they they kind of share yeah, the candy yeah. and stuff. They would yeah. go and they would play tricks on people to steal their food and yeah, right. on your neighbors who are other starving peasants, and so you could <laughs> just <laughs> you can get their cheese wheel out of their little wax cloth thing in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, there's there's a famine orchestrated by this demon lord Shilgengar. Sweeping across the land. There's a human, uh, an alchemist named Edgar Markov, who is seeking solution. Uh, okay. He's an alchemist. He's diverting his usual experiments to try and turn lead into porridge for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth, too. He's a <laughs> fucking bastard. <laughs> Uh, so his his investigations do lead him to Shilgengar, uh, the one who orchestrated this this uh, famine in the first place. And Shilgengar does what any demon lord would do and offers Edgar a pact. Now, uh, I have a bit of lore boys canon as to why Shilgengar goes in with Edgar Markov because okay. it it wasn't clear in anything that I could find. Um, if it not- exists out there, lore folk, uh, let me know. Big fan um, of rolled oats, is he? Yeah, exactly. He's he's just <laughs> he, he just didn't believe uh he's he's got a pyramid scheme going. Okay. So he, he needs people to buy his like energy berries and he's like, I'll, <laughs> "I'll tell you the secrets to solving the hunger crisis, but you have to buy a license to sell energy berries." Yeah, it's like Shilgengar is all about superfoods and acai and shit and that's why there's a famine is cuz it's not actually good for you. <laughs> What's uh and his name's Shilgengar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just Gengar from Pokemon trying to sell you shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, corp- it's corporate shill Gengar, and that's why yeah. people are starving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Boys canon, we're going to say uh, Shil Gengar had an enemy in Innistrad. And that's that's really as far as the um, the Boys canon will go, because okay. the actual enemy, the actual character, and, and what happens to them uh, is actual canon. Oh. So the... Angel Marcis had been a real thorn in his side, we're going to say. And the Demon Lord offers Edgar Markov a ter- two birds, one stone solution. Um, where he needs Edgar to get rid of Marcis and 
It's never explained why, but we're going to say because he didn't like the angel, essentially. Okay. Which makes sense for a demon or a demon lord to not like an angel, right? Goes, yeah. Same reason. Edgar and his sons trapped the angel in his laboratory and exsanguinated her, meaning drained her of her blood, uh, Ex- preparing a concoction from that blood. Sorry. Ex- no, sorry, I was just dis- dissecting that word. X is in like taking away and then like sanguine, like blood aided, like the process of, okay. Blooded. Sense of, yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, bled her like a stuck pig might be a more uh, familiar saying to you. Yeah. 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 Thank, exactly. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they prepare a concoction from her blood and then using the secrets, blood, the secrets of blood magic shared with Edgar by the demon Lord. Uh, Edgar uses her blood in a profane ritual. The effects of the ritual were the usual, what you might expect, expect agelessness, strong magical powers, an implacable need for blood, an aversion to garlic, and a fear of stakes and men with crossbows, played by Hugh Grant. Ah, uh, turn. <laughs> it's Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. Not Hugh Grant. I wrote Hugh Grant. Yeah. But... I think it's Hugh Laurie. I think you guys got it wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he, he was he was the grumpy vampire hunter who would just uh, sarcastically tell the other vampire hunters what the actual prognosis was, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, he's, he's addicted a vampire. to vampire. Yeah, addicted to garlic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like yeah. a va- vampire with like a wooden stake through his chest, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, you got the common cold," you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's just like house House of Horror, and it's like spook the, the, the spooky version of that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> So Edgar Markov is the first vampire. I didn't look up the origins of like werewolves or zombies in this in this realm, but he is he's the first actual vampire. It, other uh, fluid strain from an angel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah from from her. Uh, what are what are the four humors uh, from her laughing gas? It's uh, bile. zombies. Oh, oh from... yeah, <laughs> uh, yellow bile, red bile. Uh, there's like a, a pus or something like that. Yeah, yeah. hot cum. I think is the last one. Hot come specifically. (laughs) Uh, So Edgar quickly passes on the secrets of sangromancy. Jamie, you want to take a second to dissect that one? Uh, That's like magic through blood, right? Exactly. Yeah, blood magic. Um, To those he liked and trusted. So he passes it on to his family, uh, to servants, trusted servants, things like that. He's kind of a noble uh, dude. I'm going to teach you guys how to mix citrus fruit and red wine. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, sangria is delicious. I don't know. Sangria, Mancy. I hate it, actually. I have (laughs) never been more hungover in my life. (laughs) I love sangria. The closest thing I can think to blood magic is what snakes do with their venom and make your blood just coagulate inside your body. It's like, ugh. True. True. How does that work, huh? Snakes, how do they work? (laughs) (laughs) Snakes, what are they? Um, so blood would provide sustenance to some of these newfound vampires that Edgar Markov is creating, while the culling resulting from the procurement of said blood also means fewer mouse to feed. It looks like turning people into vampires solves the famine. It's economics 101, man. Just start turning people into vampires. <laughs> yeah. And then turn other people into vampire food. Yeah. <laughs> like a dairy farm like instead of cows it's just a bunch of people with like they're all hooked up so blood comes out of them for the vampires <laughs> instead of their Yummy. how would you uh, do, yeah how do you keep the people around in a vampire society riddle me that 
that's must... definitely that's definitely part of something like i played vampire the the game with a y and they and there are like people like the good vampires make bargains with people to just be like yo give me some of your blood and i'll whatever i use my eternal life and riches to support you and your stuff basically oh yeah, that, that sounds like a... super familiar i'd let a vampire answer. suck me for that dude that sounds cool hell yeah dude. yeah dude <laughs> blood daddy I've let non-magical women stuck me for less. <laughs> uh, so Edgar continues to spread his new cure to hunger uh, and eventually would spread it to his grandson, a uh, man by the name of Soren Markov. The, okay. tra the trauma of the transformation would cause Soren's planeswalker spark to ignite. Oh. Whoa. What colors is he? They're probably black, black blue, and blue, maybe? No. Yeah, he's usually white and black. Okay. Um, order and death is that is is that like the combination there? Ordering. Yeah, I think he's primarily primarily black. Uh, most yeah. of his prints, but he definitely has at least one print where he's white and black. He's a. Uh, we'll get into it, but he's he's kind of good aligned uh, in some okay. ways. Uh, we'll get into the why. Uh, Edgar Markov, for example, is often associated with red. Vampires are often associated with red, as really? it's just like a chaotic hunger and they're just like driven to frenzy by it um but a lot of them are uh are also black as well i would have thought the combination of being like a lord of death and also kind of hot and sophisticated would have given like the black blue like death intelligence combo thing yeah i can certainly see intelligence but yeah i mean it's it's a little it's a little convoluted maybe how we've described how i've described it to you guys in the past where like blue is very cerebral but it's very much like mind magics like telepathy and you know oh, uh, okay. things like that like reading people's thoughts and stuff like that is often associated with uh with blue which vampires in traditional media ha have definitely had the ability to read thoughts in some and, hip and hypnotize people yeah exactly so not can, not so far -fetched. i could see the argument for both it's probably hard to boil the world down into like six colors or whatever it is right yeah exactly yeah not, <laughs> not everything is black white and green and red and blue and <laughs> whatever yeah. they, all of them are there are shades of gray instead of black yeah. and or white yeah. shades of brown which is all those colors just mashed together yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then there's there's colorless mana technically, which uh, we will we will get into in a little bit here, actually. Oh. Um, so Soren would spend unknown centuries as a planeswalker uh, about Innistrad and the rest of the multiverse. Um, at some point, Soren would become aware of the Eldrazi, the Lovecraftian extra-dimensional horrors threatening all life in the multiverse. So again, I've mentioned them in the past. I've for sure mentioned wanting to do an episode on the Eldrazi. Yeah. Uh, but it won't be this episode per se. I'm actually going to gloss over some chapters about the Eldrazi on this episode uh, to talk more specifically about Innistrad. Um, but if you want to hear that episode, do let me know somewhere and I'd, I'd be super happy to do it and fill in the gaps uh, that are going to pop up in this one. Okay. Uh, but I will give a brief description of the Eldrazi themselves and then really quickly cover Soren's involvement with them and why another character is important to our story of Innistrad, uh, someone named Nahiri, the Lithomancer. Is that, oh, that's uh, the battery magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Energizer Bunny is a uh, Lithomancer, essentially. Uh, okay, got it. That's, got how, it. that's how it just keeps going and going and going. Right. <laughs> So Soren, whilst jumping about the multiverse, came across the young planeswalker Nahiri by chance shortly after her planeswalker spark ignited. 
Soren viewed Nahiri as a daughter of sorts and taught her most of what he knew about the multi. So they, they become friends, kind of this weird, uh, you know, um, pseudo patri patriarchal uh, relationship where he's like, hey, I'm a centuries old vampire planeswalker and you're, you're playing planeswalker spark knight while I happen to be here. So, uh, you know, why don't we why don't we talk about it? Huh? Yeah, well, I took some notes and you yeah. can have them. All I need is the uh, some blood. It's some blood, please. Just please. Uh, just a little bit of blood. Uh, Soren took Nahiri along while he traversed the plains, and together they discovered the Eldrazi, witnessing Ulamog's destruction of a long-forgotten plane. Shortly after, they met a third planeswalker, Ugin, the spirit dragon, and devised a plan to stop the Eldrazi. And we have talked about Ugin in the past. I recognize that name. <laughs> he sounds like a caveman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a dragon. He's a oh. colorless dragon. Um... A very, very good card, I would say. Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Uh, but he's a planeswalking dragon, essentially. Much like Nicol Bolas, but he's more good aligned than Nicol okay. Bolas. Um, so yeah, there are different lineages of Eldrazi, each descendant from what can basically be described as a great old one. Uh, the three lineages descend from Kozilekt, Titan of Distortion, Emrakul, Titan of Corruption, and Ulamog, Titan of Consumption. Okay. So seeing that there's... Uh, three titans and there's now three planeswalkers we got a fair fight on our hands uh and the the two sides square off there's three of us too let's get in there oh yeah <laughs> which side are we on uh who's currently winning <laughs> yeah dragons sound cool current yeah. yeah currently winning in where we are in the storyline as of me talking right now or in current magic the gathering canon let's oh stay yeah in the story now I, I feel like i'm in the story now well, let's find out who wins. Who wins this little bout, huh? Okay, all right. And then uh, just do it slow, like stolen valor, tell people we were there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got this metal fighting Ulamog. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was in a helicopter, went down in the plains. You know, yeah. you, you, it's like it's totally real. What do you What do you mean? I got to pay for this cheesecake? Don't you know I got diabetes fighting Ulamog and Zendikar? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they opt to use Nahiri's home plane of Zendikar as the bait for these titans. Um, they're at a lot of points in in their description. These Eldrazi are kind of shapeless. They're just like presences that again can't be comprehended by mortals. If you were to look at it, you'd probably just see like scintillating patterns or something like that. Uh, okay. It's actually they they do have forms, but it's later on in the story. It's described as them developing forms uh, essentially after they escape from material prisons which we'll get to in a, in a little bit here um but they eat planes they eat planes for a living uh and they're they're mighty good at it so uh they need a way to get these titans somewhere that they want them and they decide to use zendikar as bait it has a lush lush ecosystem and uniquely dynamic mana which would prove enticing to the otherworldly entity it's a balanced diet yeah. plane yeah exactly like a 747 it's a balanced diet plane yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got your it's got your trees it's got floating rocks it's got uh waterfalls it's it's good you know so i'll take a drink to that magic rocks magic yeah, yeah. no this one definitely has magic rocks a lot of zendikar artwork uh when you look at like lands and stuff will just have like islands floating in the sky essentially cool uh, just like there's so much mana there that it just like lifts the lifts the very earth itself up into the into the sky and stuff that's like nagrand and uh, the burning crusade <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, much like much like uh, Outlands in in the Burning Crusade, it just yeah. like float like rocks floating in place kind of thing. But these ones all have like like endless waterfalls streaming from them and like trees growing on them and stuff. More like Negrand, like you said. Beautiful. Uh, so Soren lures them to the plane. Ugin battles them with his invisible breath and uses his colorless magic to bind them to the plane. And Harry constructs a massive network of stone hedrons, which would serve as locks or bars for the prison. So. Uh, again, I, I don't want to get too deep in the Eldrazi, but suffice it to say, these three planeswalkers imprison these three uh, Eldrazi titans on Zendikar. The planeswalkers concentrated the power of their imprisonment spell in a secret location deep inside Zendikar's mountains of Akum, a subterranean chamber called the Eye of Ugin. Akum. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about the Eye of Ugin as well. This is all giving me like false memories and shit like that I've definitely dreamt about. Yeah, so I, I again, I could not remember. I had the same yeah. feeling when I was writing it. I was like, I know I've talked about some of this. We did talk about the Eldrazi. We talked a lot about Jace Bellerin and Nissa Ravane. We talked about the Gatewatch on that episode. Yeah, uh, and Nissa eventually goes to the Eye of Ugin the when they escape this prison. But we saw the we basically saw an aftermath of of this here. We never got the how they got imprisoned here in the first place. Right. We just got the them getting released in future. I believe, anyway. If I'm wrong, uh, and somebody has listened to those episodes recently, again, write in and correct me, but I swear to God, it's been like four years. There's no <laughs> way I remember what the hell we talked about, and I'm not listening to myself talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> To make sure that the imprisonment would not be broken, the three planeswalkers sealed the chamber with a mystical lock. The Eye of Ugin could only be reactivated by the presence of the three planeswalker sparks and the colorless, invisible ghost fire breath of Ugin, the spirit dragon himself. Planeswalker's, okay. tra planeswalker's trap worked, Emrakul, Ulamog, and Kozilak manifested in physical form on Zendikar, became confined by the magic network of Hedrons, and thanks to the magic of the imprisonment spell, sank into harmless dormancy. Their mission complete, the three disbanded, Sorin and Ugin left the plane, while Nahiri remained to keep an eye on things. One last kiss, Sorin. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. We can never Zeus, be together again. Zeus got the Titans trapped underneath his lightning bolts at the bottom of the ocean, like the beginning of Hercules, right? Yeah. yeah. And then along came Ugin. <laughs> uh, Soren, multiplanar threat taken care of, returned to Innistrad only to be disillusioned by what he saw. Over the centuries he had spent plane hopping, the vampires back home were evolving. They were becoming more disdainful of the race from which they had spawned. Vampires hunted humans more boldly and with less regard for the humans. So it's there's fewer, I guess, of your good vampires willing to trade their riches and a tur and you know uh, clout for uh for human blood and they're just like you know i'm stronger and faster than you i'm just gonna take it why would i give yeah. you why would i give you riches or you know uh retweet your your instagram <laughs> posts like yeah like, what does that do for me you know new tiktok challenge vampire drains you till you pass out like <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> uh with the worldly perspective Soren had gained from traveling between the planes, he saw this uh, as reprehensible and felt himself growing distant from his own heritage. So he's like, he probably has some like extra planar world full of just like blood that he just like pops by on occasion to like grab a snack. And he just it's looks like at all these other. Full. Yeah, exactly. All these other vampires incapable of traveling between dimensions. He's just like so base that you guys would like stoop down to, you know sucking on humans necks for sustenance that's like wow i can't believe it guys i can't believe it. these peasants don't even clean their necks okay like, <laughs> think of it exactly yeah. it's like having to go out and hunt your own food versus getting uh 
like it brought to you like blood in a bag right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's got, he's got like a hello fresh basically like box food service of just like interdimensional blood yeah. nice. individually individually sealed drops of blood essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just squirt pretty wasteful it. but it's convenient yeah. like breath mints like in a blister pack yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> Uh, don't don't you find that so wasteful? No, I just throw the trash in the plastic plane. Like it's yeah. just all plastic in there, <laughs> or whatever you know. Well, what you said, beat the blister pack. That's like the gum packs with a tin foil on the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just like one but, drop of blood. It's just like uh, you're like in the car. It's like, hey man, can I can I get a drop of blood? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. You can take two. Actually, I've got extra. And you're just like click yeah. it out into your in your hand, like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> suck it off your palm. I mean, Mister Pack is a great name for it. Let's let's be real. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, as the vampires gained more and more power, the humans of Innistrad were being driven further and further back, dying under the vampir- vampiric boots on their necks. Vampiric, vampiric, <laughs> vampiric. Uh, Soren saw it was only a matter of time before the vampires wiped out their former kin, and so he devised a plan. More on that after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. In order to save humanity from the onslaught of vampires and to prevent the eventual vampire cannibals that would stem from the obliteration of humans on Innistrad, Soren would be branded a traitor to his race. Soren set out to create religion. Oh no. <laughs> that always goes well, right? Yeah. Honestly sounds like a good idea. I like the <laughs> idea that he was just like he's like weighing his options. He's doing the like economics of like how many vampires there are and how many peasants there are to feed on. He's just like, Well, you know what? After the after the blood crash, we're gonna have vampire cannibals and nobody wants to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's kind of like an ulterior motive for him is like, I am a vampire, these are my kin. I'd feel bad if they had to like if we all turned to killing each other over this. Uh, I do like the idea that. Sorry, I do like the idea that he traveled to like our dimension and saw like the 1930s Dracula movie and saw somebody hold a cross to him and said like, "Oh fuck, that worked really well, huh?" And like (laughs) goes back home. He's like, "Okay, we're gonna need holy symbols here, essentially." (laughs) 
Well, he would have to like he would have to like start telling the vampires to get that to work. Where he's like, guys, I've been planeswalking. There's like this crazy dangerous tea out there. You got to be careful. And then, <laughs> and then he's got to start seeding that knowledge to the peasants, so that they they then the vampires have to be afraid first to be convinced, so that it actually provides protection to the peasants. It's all right? placebo effect. It's yeah, just... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just believe it's scary. Yeah, it's like it's like. Placebo garlic hanging up over the uh, <laughs> like over, on oh, the, no, you on the garlic, door. Bro. You don't need garlic, bro. There's there's a food shortage. Just paint garlic on your wall. They're, they they don't know the difference. Okay. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's just like a garlic. It's like the kind of like flaky leaf on the outside, just full of sugar pills. Yeah. Like a yeah. straight up placebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vampires don't have depth perception. That's why mirrors don't work on them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so boring from long-held beliefs about the moon and the afterlife, Soren would make a jail and a jailer upon which he would build his religion. From the magic he held and the latent superstitions of the plane, Soren forged the archangel Avacyn. She was tasked with maintaining the balance on Innistrad of driving back rampaging vampires and werewolves to protect the weak-ass humans. With his jailer created, Soren then created the Hell Vault, a massive angular monolith made of silver rock as a prison for supernatural creatures. So he's got a police force, this Archangel Avacyn, and he built a prison for them to throw criminals into. Essentially. And silver, silver still works the same way as it does in other fantasy for some reason. I guess on this plane it does. Just yeah. happens to yeah. it's a It's a nice motif, right? Yeah. Silver bars for the cages, and then instead of a fence with barbed wire on the outside, it's just like this big ring of salt, and that keeps them <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Avison and her angelic host got to work beating back the unholy, and the power balance slowly tipped in humanity's favor. It was during Avison's crusades that Nahiri would call to Soren for aid from across dimensions. The Eldrazi were awakening from their slumbering imprisonment. Now, maybe an oversight on Soren's part. The Hell Vault absorbed the message. I guess it's like interdimensional messages. No, that's ghosts, and just like you're going, you're going to jail, buddy. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> it like intercepted his mail by accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just got it got sucked into that. So Nahiri's cries fall on deaf ears, and okay. nobody nobody hears her cries for help. It's like I didn't remember. I don't remember sticking a PO box in this jail, and it's just like stuffed with mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, like, what customer service line do you even call for interdimensional communications? You know, like, AT and T won't be able to help. Like, yeah, it's it's they they just happened to put the post office there because it was already a government building, so it was just convenient. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. but the uh, but the postman is one sixty fourth vampire, so and he didn't know, so he just walked in. And he's just like, oh fuck, can't get out. So the oh, man yeah. is coming in, but he can't take it out, basically. <laughs> you are next in line to receive customer service. Your estimated wait time is 8,000 years. You're like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, not bad for interdimensional, you know? Like, yeah. what a good turnaround yeah. time, man. Yeah. Um, so Nahiri, not enjoying getting left on red, is pretty pissed and decides to come to Innistrad. When confronted, Sorin was offended. Uh, and told Nahiri to go to Ugin instead, reminding her that it was him who taught her all she knows. So it seems really catty, this interaction between them. It's just like, yeah. hey, guys, there's like this horrid eldritch threat to the multiverse. 
and you guys like really can't get over the fact that like he didn't text you back and Soren's like upset that his answering machine broke. I don't I don't know. You know? I think it's it's kind of funny. It's just like, what was the final lesson I ever taught you? Uh, uh, uh yeah, that's right. Never fucking bother me again. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, I think it's Nahiri is white red often. She's okay. often white. She's primarily white, but often depicted as red as well. Um, and I do think that she's got just like a lot of anger pent up inside because okay. she does a couple of things throughout the storyline. And if we ever do an Aldrazi episode, we'll probably talk about Nahiri a lot more. She likes to be um, white red, but never left on red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh so their relationship dissolves in those moments in that in that conversation basically uh and nahiri was soon threatening soren uh basically saying like hey you gotta listen to me i'm a powerful planeswalker you gotta come back with me to zendikar uh which proves a little foolish uh on on soren's home turf with his robocop come angel just like chilling nearby on the plane (laughs) it's robocop angel (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Avacyn Get her alive! You're coming with me, vampire. <laughs> Av- <laughs> she's like, she's like going around shooting vampires in the dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Avacyn intervenes when Nahiri threatens Soren, feeling that the Zendikarian planeswalker now presented a threat to all of Innistrad. Soren's the most powerful creature on Innistrad, and this, you know, new planeswalker shows up out of nowhere. Avacyn doesn't have a good grasp of the multiverse. And starts threatening the most powerful being. She's like, oh, that's not cool, dude. My job is to ensure the power balance. And you're clearly skewing things. Yeah. Uh, so they start fighting. You're giving my boss attitude. And that is not a power balance, baby. <laughs> uh, the two clash until Soren eventually drove them apart and threw Nahiri into the Hell Vault. So I, and I really got to think that this is because he's a vampire. And he is thousands of years old at this point, probably. Uh he doesn't have like a good grasp of like range of human emotions or compassion or time. And it's just like, you know what? You got to go to the hell vault to cool off and leaves her there for like, again, a couple thousand years probably. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this before the show where like Jamie and I were just like, God, what day is it even? We've only, we've only been in like COVID for 18 months and already it's like, how long ago was February? Like <laughs> if this guy's been alive for thousands of years, he definitely has no concept of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Avacyn, Avacyn and Nahiri go at it. Soren breaks them up and then throws Nahiri into the Hell Vault. Okay. Uh, and he shortly thereafter departs for Zendikar because he's like, I want you to go to jail for threatening me, but I'm still going to take what you mentioned seriously and go check it out. Now, um, does the silver, does the Hell Vault actually, it's, it's blocking planeswalker magic as well, apparently? I mean, it's yeah, it's like a magic prison. I don't okay. don't overthink it, basically, but it's, okay. it imprisons everything. There's there's okay. no getting out unless uh, unless you're let out from the outside. It's playground rules, baby. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the guards can smuggle you stuff in, but you can't get out. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They can only smuggle out non magical items, obviously, because you can't yeah. get out. <laughs> the salt line in the grass. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> a wooden stake smuggled in a in a cake, essentially. <laughs> Speaking of salt, I heard this thing from a. I was listening to a podcast with a prison uh, guard on it, and he was talking. It's actually the guy from uh, you know the barbecue foot massage guy that that meme video. Barbecue foot massage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to be a, a prison guard, and apparently the way that they get you to smuggle stuff for you is like first they'll ask for like some salt. 
then they'll ask for like, oh man, can you just give me some ketchup or something? Like I, I really need it for my ramen. And then uh, after hey, they do that, you just get me a kilo of heroin next day. Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> but yeah, because they, they're like, they keep the ketchup packets in the salt box or whatever. And they say, look, I have evidence that this is smuggled and I'm going to tell on you that you brought it in. Ooh, so I'm now glad. you got to bring in the good stuff. Because you're already in, dude. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah. like with ketchup's like the gateway contraband to just like, oh, now, <laughs> now I could, now I gotta start smuggling coke. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. <laughs> gotta start smuggling blood for the vampires yeah. into the prison. Yeah, exactly. Smuggling, yeah. smuggling blood into the prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Soren goes to Zendikar, knowing he had to investigate the worrying reports of the Eldrazi from Nahiri, despite imprisoning her. Avacyn, with the departure of her own creator, got back to work on Innistrad. Okay. Uh, so she had locked up most of the vampires at this point. A lot of the werewolves killed a bunch of zombies. Um, the retreat. You don't of... arrest a zombie, eh? No, I, I don't think so. I think you just put it down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put it. <laughs> put it down again. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> put it. Re. Re. Put it down. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what. That's like what a beat cop does. It's like no, no. I don't get any of the good collars. I, I like all I do is shoot zombies in the head. <laughs> yeah. You make them un un unalive. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what yeah. they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Un-undead, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so the, the retreat of all these other supernatural creatures creates a bit of a power vacuum, and uh, soon the only creatures remaining are demons and devils. They begin to appear on Innistrad in, in the place of vampires and in the place of werewolves, okay. where where once were zombies, now be imps, essentially. Okay, yeah. I like I the was... idea that they have a uh, like a pound attached to the side of the hell prison where they keep all the werewolves. And they yeah. have like an, an, an annual like charity drive because it's like, well, if, if nobody comes to adopt any of these, uh, any of these werewolves, we're gonna have to put them down. And like, <laughs> <laughs> in the middle you. of the day, they're all just human. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the guy tattooing the ears whenever it's like working late a little bit. You know, like they start yeah, to yeah, turn yeah. as you're putting yeah. a little, like, your tattoo on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Avacyn, undeterred, sets to work defeating each demon she encounters in single combat. So Avacyn's like, I'm going to prove it. Um, I'm top dog around here. Every demon, every demon lord, everyone, come at me. She'll Gengar, come at me one-on-one, -on -one, putting you away. Puts them she all She seems away. like a badass. I mean, she is. She's uh, incredibly powerful. She's a very good card. Uh, Bison, I've made a all-white commander deck with Avacyn as my commander before. Uh was not great because she's expensive, but uh, was a lot of fun. Nice. She why did you say Bison though? Because he likes Avacyn. Because he asked for uh, EDH lore specifically uh, for Commander lore specifically, and what commanders we would use essentially. So I've used a few. Looked, uh, dope as fuck. She is a big titty goth GF with yeah. um, angel wings and like a a bident or like a yeah. a two prong. A bident. Here. Very a bident. Cool. Nailed it. Now I gotta look her up. <laughs> So uh, she would find that for every demon she kills, more would simply pop up in their place. Uh, and so Avacyn forged a collar of silver to bind demon kind so they could be hauled to the hell vault. For each demon imprisoned, Avacyn issued the same sentence. What cannot be destroyed must be bound. So she's like, hey, I'll kill what I can, what I can't kill, going in the hell vault. Try to bind them up in the hell vault, drop hot wax on their butt cheeks or whatever the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, woo -ga. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes popping out, stomping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
So with the proper incantations, Avacyn and her angels trapped so many demons within the Hell Vault that only a handful remained at large. We're down to like single digits, maybe double digits of of demons on the plane of Innistrad. All the other, most of the other baddies taken care of. Humans doing real good here. Liberal Innistrad news complaining about overcrowded Hell Vaults. <laughs> <laughs> Could you believe that these demons are forced to work for only cents a day? <laughs> <laughs> They're like putting out fires in California. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, vampires, uh, for good behavior, we'll give you some blood blister packs. <laughs> uh, so to the relief of almost all humans, demons and devils were largely out of their lives. In the wake of Avacyn's defeat of the vampires and the ghouls and the ghosts and the goblins and all the rest of them, a church had sprung up in worship of her but it was cemented with her defeat of demons on the plane. The silver oh. collar became the symbol of her church and the one carried by the Avicinian priests and Cathars. Forgive me, mother, for I have Avicinned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, um, I'm not writing that down. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you see any, uh, like, Innistrad set symbols... It's always like this like three-pronged symbol with like a 80% circle in the middle. And that's the symbol of Avacyn, basically. Like her symbol is the symbol for the plane, essentially. Um, and it's because it's the silver collar she uses to lock up demons so she can drip hot wax on their butt cheeks and stuff. Okay, cool. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Avacyn, <laughs> voice cannon. <laughs> Avacyn was so pure and powerful that she was able to contain the very darkness of Innistrad within herself. Her presence. Oh, I, was... I can see this. I see the symbol now. It's like an upside down omega symbol, basically. Yeah, kind of. And yeah. there's like most of the Innistrad sets. So there's like there was Innistrad, then there was Shadows over Innistrad. There's probably right. been more. Those are the two that I'm very familiar with. Um, okay. Both of those use like variants of that in some way. Okay. Uh, Avison's presence was so definitive that she bled actual power into her followers. Blessed silver weapons were forged by the church, which could be used to destroy the worst horrors, and powerful runes inscribed with her symbol could keep entire villages safe from the presence of the unholy. So just one symbol in the center of town, like werewolves could not enter, vampires could not enter. So strong was her her power and her presence. Okay, yeah. cool. I would follow someone if they gave me magic powers. That sounds cool. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Dog, I would I would follow somebody if they just kept werewolves out of town. That's like a fucking <laughs> that's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, so as a rule, there's you no save so much money on placebo garlic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> as a rule, there's no clear separation of church and state on Innistrad. Local governments depend on the power of the Avicinians to keep the public safe, meaning they have to play ball with the priests. Literally, like you say, Peter, if you're like mayor elect. And there's this church that keeps werewolves out of town, and definitive proof of that fact. You're you're kind of a puppet, like yeah. whatever the church says. Like you kind of gotta do what they say, right? Yeah. So, um, so pretty much, like the Church of Avicen permeates all life, all human life on Innistrad in in some way, shape, or form. You're I'm either sure results. It's not a bad. It's not a bad deal. No, absolutely. Um, education is handled by the church. Even professions are handled by the church, barring a few. Uh, the merchants and artisans, for example, but they're merely sanctioned by the church, so they have guilds, and those guilds have to be approved by the church to exist. Okay. Um, the church sets uh, Thalia, guardian of Thraben, to defend the Hell Vault at some point, so they get the responsibility of setting humans to defend the Hell Vault. Um, I mentioned Thalia because she's a semi-popular card. 
She has at least two iterations, Guardian of Thraben and Heretic Cathar. Um, but yeah, uh, playable white mana card in Magic the Gathering. Okay. The Savior Avacyn was not viewed as a god whose purpose it is to make their lives easy, nor grant them an afterlife. Like you say, Peter, her job was getting results. Okay. She's she's an authority, someone who's there to keep them alive and relatively safe. In this, <laughs> in this like gothic horror universe, it's literally just like a shred of stability, and they're all like like there's there's quotes where it's just like they're happy to just live their lives then die with no afterlife. That's like that's good for them, you know. Yeah. After after countless millennia of like horrors and you know werewolves at every corner and ghouls and all these other things, they're just like, no, nah, death is death sounds good. Just just like a normal death. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I live like that. As long as I get a little bit of hot wax every once in a while, like I can. I'm a I'm a I'm a happy little I'm a happy little peon. As long as, long as I get a nine foot tall goth angel to bend me over, spank my bottom every now and then, I'm good. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. Wait, she's nine foot. She's nine feet tall. I don't know. She looks tall. She's she looks big. You think she yeah. could shot put me over a fence? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. She got wings. She could probably like launch herself up and give you a little extra air time. It'd be nice. wild, dude. Oh damn. Launch it, launch it high enough to break your neck on the other side of that. <laughs> a relatively normal death. <laughs> Lord, I'm coming. <laughs> One day, however, Avison disappeared. What? Where? On a night of a full moon, Grizzlebrand, the greatest demon lord of his kind who had once made a deal with the legendary planeswalker Liliana Vess, landed atop the Hellvault and challenged Avacyn to combat. Grizzlebrand's a bad name. Uh, yeah, I, he's a, a known character, a known entity. Um, I think I talk about it later on as well. But Liliana, if you guys remember our, episode, our second ever Magic the Gathering episode, I'm pretty sure, uh, makes a deal with four demon lords to gain her power. And then right. she go, goes yeah. on a mission to kill those demon lords. We only talked about her killing one of them. The other three we glossed over. I said, she kills these three, and then we're going to talk about the last one. This is one of the first three that she she ends up killing at some okay. point in, in the future. Cool. He is very cool looking. He has like two bony hook hands and looks like a very regular demon, but Grizzlebrand, very cool. Yeah. Um. So it, it was also... Avacyn draws a lot of her power from the moon. Uh, so it's like super profane, unholy that he would come on like the night of a full moon to battle her. This is like a straight up insult, basically. Okay. The two battled for days out of view of all but a select few. Avacyn's angels and the Lunarch Micaeus, who's like the Pope of the Church of Avacyn, the Lunarch. <laughs> okay. He's like yep. taking bets from the angels and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got Avacyn in the third round, okay? I, I got Avacyn in the third round, TKO. Uh, so, uh, Lunarch Picaeus, along with some very high-ranking bishops of the Church of Avacyn, and the angels are, like, the only ones who see this battle or know this battle is happening in any way. For everyone else, it's just like, oh, Avacyn's not around right now, but that's yeah. relatively normal. We're going to have to spin this on Sunday somehow, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the battle was close, and it soon became clear that neither would win without risking it all. Avacyn, understanding perhaps the importance of what she did, was the first to unleash the full force of her power. It was desperation, but she drove Grizzlebrand back into the Hell Vault. As his final act, Grizzlebrand cast his spear at Avacyn, impaling her heart. 
The Archangel's binding spell backlashed in that moment, drawing Avacyn into the Hell Vault alongside Grizzlebrand and every other demon she had previously imprisoned. Innistrand's greatest villain and savior side by side. What cannot be destroyed must be bound, after all. Ah. Well, that wouldn't so be a good trip, huh? Like, <laughs> like being the prison guard all of a sudden just in with all the inmates and a I mean, thing in your heart? It- it's a very, uh, and I, I don't know if you'll get this reference, Jamie, but it's very Rorschach from Watchmen, I feel like. It's how I like to imagine it, where it's just like, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dumping fry grease on some vampire's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no blood in this fry grease. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, vegetable oil? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, the church, Micaeus at their head, went into panic mode. Like you said, Pete. They got to spin this, right? Yeah. So they keep the truth from most, uh, the general populace and lower members of the church as well, but eventually the effects begin to be felt. Like I said, Avicen's presence just on the plane made the, made the trains run, right? So her being gone to this kind of like weird extra dimensional magic prison is, is going gonna, is gonna to have an impact. Oh, yeah, like all the, whatever, like the citronella, like mosquito repellent rings that that they put down in the middle of town to keep the werewolves out are all going to start, like, stop working now that she's, like, blocked inside the prison, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So shit. (laughs) Prayers no longer kept the werewolves at bay. Vampires advanced past holy symbols without much thought. Humans were once more preyed upon. Uh, and with her with her last breath before she left, she goes like, "The garlic is fake." <laughs> Get sucked into the Looney Tunes dimension <laughs> with Bill Murray and fucking Newman. Innistrad <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> slowly returned to the way it was before Avison's intervention, and it was into this familiar state that Soren returned. The Eldrazi's... Hey guys, what I miss. He's got like a Hawaiian shirt on, a bunch of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> the Eldrazi had escaped. Uh, again, perhaps in the Eldrazi episode, we'll cover the extent of Soren's trip to Zendikar, but it was like, it's way too much to get into today. So all you guys need to know is like, hey, things went bad on Zendikar. Didn't go the way he'd planned. It's almost like imprisoning Nahiri was a bad idea, but, you know, it was his call, I guess. <laughs> he found his guardian gone and the light gone out back home. The world he had fought to protect for so long had turned on itself, tearing apart the institutions he himself had worked to establish. The church was in ruins, with Lunark Micaeus having been killed by an army of zombies led by sibling wizards known as Gisa and Geralt. Uh, straight, it's it's the scene from Community where Troy walks back with the pizza and like okay. somebody shot and everything's on fire. It's right. just like oh god, you know, like he thought he was going to investigate a bad thing and came back to an even you know worse. Uh, he sets off in Innistrad in search of Avacyn, but finds few answers. Instead, he finds a fledgling devil planeswalker or half-devil planeswalker who was himself threatening peace on the plane. So there's this young upstart called Tybalt, uh, who's a half-devil, um, who's basically threatening to just kind of take over. He's like, hey, there's not that many planeswalkers here. Things are in disarray. The forces of chaos are winning. I could probably I could probably make a make a name for myself here, right? Okay, yeah, great name to it. It's like from Romeo and Juliet or something. Tybalt, sure. Tybalt could be. Um, sounds Shakespearean, but I don't know. Um, so he takes off after Tybalt, who flees into the multiverse when Soren returns, because he's like, I could probably take over here, but I probably can't take Soren Markov. You know, a uh, I at, at this point he's at least six thousand years old. 
because oh. it's it's basically a 6,000 year gap from when they imprison the Eldrazi to when the Eldrazi escape. They're in prison okay. for about 6,000 years. So he's like hella old. And Nahiri has been in that prison for a hella long time. Okay. Um, so Tybalt's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not fucking with that. Leaves. Soren's like, I want to find Avacyn, but I want to deal with this guy's machinations before I, before I do that. So he, he takes off after Tybalt. And it's at that time that another visitor comes to Innistrad. Liliana Vess, driven oh, by revenge. Bumping, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Liliana Vess, driven by revenge, has been hunting Grizzlebrand. Like I said, ah, like I said right. earlier. Um, yeah, check out the magnetic Nicol Bolas if you want to hear the story of Liliana Vess and the the Gatewatch and and all those folks. Jay Spellerin, who will also, I think I wrote his name, but didn't give any uh, exposition on him at all. Uh, just other planeswalkers, essentially very powerful ones. Um, and yeah, Liliana's hunting Grizzlebrand, like I said. So Liliana arrives on Innistrad, and she's like, where's Grizzlebrand? And somebody's like, who are you? Why are you a vampire? <laughs> and she's like, goddamn, where's, where's Grizzlebrand? Uh, not getting any answers, basically. She goes to the capital uh, of Innistrad, finds the body of Lunark Micchaeus, who, again, had been killed by an army of zombies, uh, dragged his soul back from death so that he could tell her where, where Grizzlebrand is. So literally resurrects him cast speak with dead just so that she can find out where her you know where the her target is essentially. okay that's pretty I, intense i hate when people wake me up from a nap like imagine that, <laughs> <laughs> that would be rough man I'd, I'd imagine it's a very similar sensation where you're just like what like you just have that like where the fuck am i moment you know <laughs> well with no afterlife on uh, in innistrad it's like does he wouldn't have remembered anything like his last memory would have been being disemboweled by the undead to being suddenly woken up by Leliana Vest. So he'd probably wake up screaming. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I don't it's think like we have a lot I've of gone to bed while being disemboweled. I wake up. Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> they right, say you should, if you want to get a good night's sleep, you should stop being disemboweled at least one hour before going to bed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no snacks, no snacks past nine yeah. and, you know, cut the disemboweling like nine thirty ten 10 for sure. Exactly. Yeah. You want to give yourself time to stitch yourself back up before climbing into that's, bed. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Get away from the blue light of your organs. <laughs> <laughs> I just sleep in a uh, plastic sleeping bag and I just vacuum seal it shut just so my, my organs stay until morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she has the information on where Grizzlebrand is in the Hell Vault. Uh, with this, she goes to the Hell Vault and confronts Thalia, uh, again, the uh, Cathar who's in, in charge of guarding the Hell Vault and holds the key, essentially. Uh, and she casts a spell. Uh, the spell would do one of two things. It would either kill the soldiers under Thalia's command, or it would do nothing if the Hell Vault happened to find itself conveniently open, essentially. So she's like, hey, if you don't open it, I'm going to kill all your soldiers. Because Thalia was like, oh, you can kill me, whatever. You know, I'm I'm holy. I'm religious. She's like, what if I kill your men? Thalia's like, mm, don't want that on my conscience. <laughs> so she pops it open. Protecting her soldiers, Thalia opens the vault for Liliana and frees all who had been trapped within. It's kind of like a floodgate. There's no, like, letting out specific prisoners, it seems like. Just, like, you know, let, let yeah. loose, if you will. Um, I don't know if all of them escape or if just a certain number of them escape, but it does seem like a lot get out. In, in and she's just moment. like standing there watching everybody run by to see if she can recognize someone, then just like grab them by the shoulder out of the crowd, like, hey, <laughs> yeah. 
Not you, not you. You still, you still got eight years on your term. Yeah, it's like Black Friday, except it's black as in their magic type Friday. Where they're yeah. All running out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Trampling with, all the angels in their Walmart vests. <laughs> uh, with the Trail of Destruction in her wake, Liliana kills Grizzlebrand, then leaves Innistrad. Just like, you know what? That's what I came here to do. Bye. And uh, <laughs> just fucks right off to where? Uh, listen to our uh the magnetic nico bolus episode because i'm kill somebody else basically talk about it. she goes for she goes for number four we know that with the hell vault destroyed and soren still chasing rogue planewalkers avacyn now free got back to work while nahiri oh, yeah. also now free goes back to zendikar so we've got avacyn also popping out that's good news nahiri in theory good news going home to zendikar surely just how she left it 5,000 years ago, right? No problem. Think about like think about how nothing has changed for us in the past 5,000 years. It's yeah, no. Very <laughs> reasonable. Still very same. Do, uh, we even Addison, have, do we even have like the Native Americans make it to North America 5,000 years ago? Like what was much? Yeah. I think so. Probably. I think oh. people have been on these two continents for like 15, 20,000 years. Okay. I believe. But like I don't know if they had like a the same kind of culture because there is like a pre-native group of people called the Paleo Indians who are basically just like cavemen, not like fully formed like regular people. Uh, it would have been so crazy 5000 years ago to see all the Native Americans shopping on St. Catherine Street in Montreal, man. <laughs> it would have been wild. Yeah. <laughs> they would have loved going to their Doc Martens store when it was still open. Yeah. They, they would have loved old Montreal, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy making the Doc Martens, we use every part of the buffalo. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not it's not super clear how Native Americans got here, but if we're going with the Bering Land Bridge uh, theory, uh, it seems like 20,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. guess. that's the one I heard in school, so it must be right. Exactly. Um, so Avison, uh, getting to work, uh, quickly restores order. The church burgeons once more, even if the leaders were no more, the faith remained. Um, she recruits humans afflicted by lycanthropy because she can't cure them. Um, apparently the werewolf soul is too intrinsically linked to the human soul. Um, but she's like, Hey, just be good werewolves instead. Be good boy. Okay. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Um, this ends up creating the you've new got race. like the you've got like the the wafer cookie for the humans. Then you've got like a milk bone for the the dog <laughs> yeah, for the exactly. werewolf when they come into church. Yeah. And the the, cha- the chalice of wine, and then just like a bowl of water in front of yeah. the <laughs> in front of the lectern. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, when she brings these these werewolves to her side, it creates th- this new race called the Wolfier, which are good good werewolves, good doggy okay. boys essentially. Uh, she drives back the vampires again, and demons, and ghosts, and ghouls, and all them. drives drives them all back. Gets to work, like I said, and hope in a peaceful hope for a peaceful Illustrad Innistrad, excuse me, swells. All those repelling like relics and shit started working when she got out again, right? So it would have cleared out all the villages and and whatnot if yeah. they still had the, her symbol somewhere. Exactly. So like okay. some of the work had already been done. Just just she was the battery that powered the power plant to right. turn the lights back, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, Nahiri's return home was not so peaceful. She found Zendikar in pieces. Continents had been laid to waste, and all the allies she may have known seemed to have abandoned her and her home. 
She swore vengeance on Soren and vowed to hurt Innistrad the way he had hurt Zendikar. She returned to Innistrad and destroyed Markov Manor, imprisoning the resident vampires and family of Soren in perpetual anguish within its walls. Now, I will say there's some really cool artwork of Markov Manor. Uh, she destroys it in a way that just leaves like rubble, much like Nagran, just like floating in the air. There's just like an inverted turret just like floating in there. And the inside of the walls are all like twisted with faces of vampires who she imprisoned in the walls, essentially. That's pretty um, groovy. Yeah, if you, if you want to look up some cool Magic the Gathering artwork, anything around Markov Manor, I find thematically very, very cool. Um, she, uh, Nahiri creates stone artifacts known as cryptoliths, uh, lining them along along the plains ley lines, uh, which we've talked about before, are lines of magic that run across plains. Magic is more powerful over a ley line. All ley lines converge in Dominaria. So okay. That's why all magic flows from Dominaria, essentially. Um, but she creates these cryptoliths, lines them along the planet, the plane's ley lines to specifically to summon the Eldrazi Titan Emrakul to lay waste to Innistrad as Emrakul had done to Zendikar. So she's like setting up like little markers like uh, Eldrazi, welcome here. And just all along the ley lines to, to Innistrad. And then breadcrumbs, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Nahiri manages to do all this without Avacyn noticing. Um, Avison was plenty busy writing the work that had been undone, after all. A, for example, a, a village outcast uh, named Kels uh, had lost her son and prayed that Avison return him. Avison descended upon the woods the child had become lost in, only to be beset by a strange spell. The cryptolists throughout the wood were corrupting Avison, and she had a vision from Nahiri, though unknowingly. Avison was flooded with the thought that mankind was corrupted, even as she worked to return the human child to its mother. Quest completed, the mother began to scold the child, beating him for his disobedience. Combined with the intrusive thoughts, madness began to sprout in the archangel. So she basically is like, has these thoughts from these corrupt cryptoliths, uh, which were left by Nahiri, that, hey, maybe humans aren't so great, you know? Um, and then she brings this child back to it, it, it's his mother, and the mother starts beating the child for leaving in the first place. Yeah. And it's just it's like, well, that's, you know, that kind of squares with what I was just thinking, actually, that you're kind of a piece of shit. So, yeah, maybe I'll just kill y'all. I don't know. You know? <laughs> now she's not <laughs> like an anti-human crusade. Yeah. So, Avison turns on the humans uh, kind of slowly um, and the church itself. She begins calling for their genocide. Uh, it wasn't the only... Angel afflicted by the madness of the cryptoliths. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was the madness of the cryptoliths affecting other angels or if it was just like the poison in Avacyn that affects other angels because that would also make sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Angels angels are made of pure magic. They don't like reproduce. They're created from spells essentially. Okay. Um, so when Soren created Avacyn, he literally just like made a spell that built an angel. Um, so I could see how like that magic spilling out into other similarly magic angels um would affect them and that's why the cryptolists affect angels so much specifically is because okay. they are channeling pure magic and angels are pure magic so sorry i mean that makes sense she recruited the angels bruna and gazelda uh and the three of them threatened and coerced other angels to their side bruna and gazelda are uh playable cards from the shadows over innistrad set gazelda is like one of if not the best card in the set um bruna's a little uh like not just not as good she's like fine and situational um yeah. but it's it's cool shadows of Ernestrad created 
this mechanic called meld, where if you play, if you have both cards out, you meld them basically, and the back of one of the cards has like their combined version. Uh, so That's look up, cool. yeah, look up, uh, look up Griselda if you're if you're wondering uh, what they look like together. It's uh, pretty horrifying. <laughs> they uh, things things don't end so well uh, for old Bruna and Griselda uh, at any point. How do I All spell right. Briselda? B R I S E L D A. My autocomplete just put to Bra and Zelda. All right. Oh, sorry, it's Brizella. Excuse me. No, no D. Oh, okay. But yeah, they they turn into uh, this horrifying. Two she looks. She looks pretty bad. <laughs> Six wings, two heads, uh, a lot of red and blue, essentially. Um, yeah. A lot of hands growing out of the tips of her fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that that basically is going to come from the fact that uh, Emrakul is approaching Innistrad. Okay. Um, again, we won't get into the uh, the Eldrazi specifically. We'll, we'll maybe get into what happens to Emrakul uh, when I do uh, an Eldrazi episode. But for now, all you need to know is it's affecting Innistrad in a very tangible way where it's turning once beautiful angels into these horrible, horrible monsters. Once um, big kitty goth GFs into, uh, I, I don't know, like squid monsters, basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. At the end of a harvest moon, Avacyn, with a flight of angels, returns to the village where Kels had lived and slaughtered the inhabitant. Kels told her son to flee, which angered Avacyn enough that she incinerates the woman. So, cl- clearly, clearly off the deep end, if you will. Yep. Throughout it all, soothing whispers emanated to Avacyn from the moon. At Thrabin Cathedral, Avison encountered the Planeswalkers Jace Bellerin and uh, I wrote Avison here, but that's not right. It's uh, Temio? Temio, yeah. Um, so she runs into, she goes to Thrabin Cathedral for some purpose at some point. It's a cathedral dedicated to the, it's a Church of Avison building, essentially. And she okay. finds two Planeswalkers there. So throughout the Shadows over Innistrad uh, set, they, they also introduce this mechanic called Investigate, which is you can spend or you get um you have an ability which investigates and you generate a clue token and a clue token means you can spend two mana and draw a card essentially it just generates on the thing so um that is basically jace and T- uh tamio are going around the plane trying to figure out what the hell's going on why is everyone going crazy you know what i mean okay. um turns out it's this horrible eldritch abomination approaching slowly um, but they're throughout it they're trying to figure out why uh, and All the list- pillars on the landline we on the ley line we should have known yeah, a lot of the a lot of the clue t- tokens, uh, like the token art, will be like those strange stone pillars that you see, okay. or it'll be like a bloody knife or something like that. Okay. Um, but some some of them are specifically the cryptolis. Uh, Avison, uh, or sorry, Jason T- Tamio tried to restrain Avison, seeing like, hey, you seem like not yourself. I don't know much about you, but angels typically don't be like this, but you do. So they try to restrain her. Um, she tries to kill them. As she turns to do so, Soren Markov arrives. Guess who's back, baby? Soren Markov is. <laughs> uh, he had returned to Innistrad not long ago and found his manor in ruins. Remember, he, he had left to go find Tybalt again. Yeah. Comes back. Now he comes back to this. It's like worse. It's worse than the way he left it. He was like, I can leave this for five more minutes. It's going to be fine. And he comes back and the whole house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He literally walks in. He like sees a guy starting a fire under his counter 
And then he's just like, man, I got to stop that guy. And the guy runs out of the house and he just like runs after the guy rather than putting the fire out. And then he comes back <laughs> and the whole house is on fire. And he's like, surprised? I don't know. <laughs> There's a guy on Reddit the other day who was like trying to hide that he was smoking weed in public. So he's like on a bench smoking like with his shirt pulled over his face. And his shirt started to light on fire. Oh, my God. And, and he, so he, like, pulls out of his shirt. And before putting out the fire, he finishes his hit and then puts out the fire. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. So Sauron Markov had returned to Innistrad not long ago and had found his manor in ruins, twisted into impossible shapes with his inhabitants embedded in the masonry. He knew things were unraveling fast and turned to re the remaining vampires on the plane for help. So he's like... I'm in over my head now. I need some help. Humans, they're kind of weak, squishy, uh, but I know vampires. So there's these other vampires, and he turns to them and says, like, hey, can you guys help? They agree on one condition, that he destroys Avacyn, because Avacyn was the creature that Sauron created to kill vampires. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And they're like, we'll help you. We don't want this to happen to our plane either, but you got to kill Avacyn. You got to kill that cop you made. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> With a heavy heart, Soren had set out to find his creation. Avacyn did not recognize Soren when he appeared. He's in his but... overalls behind the shed, just like crying, putting two bullets into a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Avacyn foaming at the mouth. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, tied to a tree. Tied up behind the shed. <laughs> um, so she did not recognize Soren when he appeared. But when she unleashed her anger upon him, she found that her spells had no effect on the ancient planeswalker. Again, she's made entirely out of magic, which Soren created and shaped so probably however she forms her spells just don't have any effect on Soren because he's the one that created the magic in the first place well at least he thought ahead at least a little bit to put in like a fail safe to protect him from that you yeah. know <laughs> again we mentioned it earlier that the robocop thing is just like the ed 209 which is like the police mech in that movie can't kill like employees of the company that made it so he basically yeah. put the same fail safe except i hope uh, avison doesn't just like fall down a flight of stairs and that's like how they beat her in this. <laughs> <laughs> um so calls down the might of her host of angels all of whom soren slays he is a you know six to seven thousand year old planeswalker very very powerful so he, he dis dismisses all the the angels uh, who show up to stop him finally spear in hand avison closed on soren the two battle for a time before Soren plunges earthward with his, earthward with his creation the, through the cathedral floor into the vault of the archangel where he had once long ago made her. Soren offered to heal her, but Avacyn refused. She stated that if she wasn't the daughter he had wanted, they would battle again and again and that she would never yield to him. She told him she would escape the binds that he would place on her, that she knew he would imprison her for what cannot be destroyed must be bound. Soren, filled with an immovable sadness, answered that she could very well be destroyed and unraveled the spell that had formed her. Avacyn's last thoughts were, I am Avacyn, I am to protect. That's pretty cool. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, and I think that's where we'll leave it. I know I'm leaving the Plane of Innistrad in dire peril with the Eldrazi approaching, but again, I don't want to talk about the Eldrazi without talking about the Eldrazi. So uh, what comes next will be... Uh, eventually, I guess, uh, Emrakul being uh, dealt with on Innistrad, and then maybe we'll dip into what happens to Ulamog and what happens to Kozilek, but uh, for sure, I will follow up with Emrakul at some point, so if you want to hear that, please do reach out to me. Uh, if you guys want to reach out with some other suggestions, uh, a great way to do that is a loreboys, uh, podcast at gmail.com or contact at loreboys.com or uh, pop on over to the Discord, and we have a lore request server. Just 
pop it in there. There's an Excel sheet kicking around somewhere. I have a, I have a G G doc uh, on my Google drive that I also write down suggestions from. So yeah, uh, we're, we're a bit all over the place, but if you scream it into the ether enough, it will reach us eventually. I am sure. Yeah. Just uh, like that I, green lantern episode, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we laugh, but it's it's actually that we're just scared of comics and the amount of the amount of reading and research that we'd have to do for those. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we use humor to shield our cowardice, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Thanks so much for listening. I will say we have uh, an extra life stream coming up in November. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for more of that. Try and listen to the feed more than our socials because we do a bad job of updating our socials. November uh, 6th is the planned date. That's the usual date, but we'll see. Yeah, November 6th, we are planning a charity stream for children. God, would you please think of the children? Um, <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned. Hop in the Discord if you want the most up-to-date information. You don't need to post or chat or anything. You don't even need to say hi. Uh, but it is probably where you'll get most up-to-date uh, information on us. We should mix it up because I think this would go over better with our audience. What if we did, did charity for man children? And oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exclusively boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lower boys boys. That's what we'll yeah. call them. You've got like the, 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 the sick man children. like charity. It's just like, please donate to some guy who just doesn't know how to eat properly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't know how to feed himself. He's making craft dinner with water instead of milk. <laughs> I can't remember if I, last time I had craft dinner, but guilty as charged. Yeah. I got a box if you want it. I'll never read it. Yeah, no milk. Please. Uh, we also have a panel show coming up. Uh, Pete, what's the date? The 22nd? 20- uh, yeah, so we have a live show October 24th, 2021. We are doing a panel at uh, the bar called Meltdown uh, in Montreal. It is on St. Denis Street. Um, all the information you can find through Instagram at Lore Boys Podcast um, because uh, it's something my publisher is being set up and we're doing a panel there as well. Uh, so if you want to meet us in person and uh, you do have to be fully vaccinated, Quebec does need your little uh, QR code, basically. So, so 24th, if you're, right? 24th of October, yeah, 2021. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, uh, you know, vaxxed and waxed, come on over and... Uh, yeah, it's a big it's a big venue. We, it shouldn't hit capacity, so all are welcome if uh, if you want to show up. Yeah, uh, we hope to see some of you guys there. We don't know if it's being live streamed uh, or maybe it's definitively not being live streamed. I think we think that it might be being recorded, but we're it also is being it is being recorded. I do have confirmation on that. When when or how that is released, we don't have confirmation yet. But as soon as we know more you guys will know more uh yeah. so stay tuned for that again join the discord go to loreboys.com slash about for more information on our discord more information on our patreon patreon.com slash the loreboys thanks so much to all our patrons uh the person who requested this episode monica uh in the inbox thanks so much for becoming a patron uh one of our, our newest donors um means the world that you guys help us out uh and and make it make it <laughs> more justifiable to our uh spouses significant others and dogs yeah <laughs> uh, we, we spend so, so much time in our week uh doing this kind of stuff um really 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 means the heck and world to us and for anybody who uh doesn't trust patreon we of course have lord boys prime we have forever did we do it in episode one i wonder um i think so i hope so. <laughs> someone someone's got to go back and listen uh <laughs> i think you can only find it on youtube but yeah we we are offering a once in a lifetime opportunity we are creating uh uh dog people uh, to serve beside us. We're obviously, we've, I'm sure that we've done a Lord Boys Prime at some point where I said I was starting a religion. 
so that religion, you'll be happy to know, is still still going strong, still kicking. Uh, but we do want people to uh, get bitten by dogs and or feed their <laughs> blood to dogs uh, so that the dogs will turn into wolf people and then we can have wolf people companions that we can uh feed milk bones at uh, in place of eucharist essentially yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think that would constitute a lore boys lore boys lore boys out out James and my favorite toe is the ring toe because it's the toe of love. Uh, my name's Ethan. My favorite toe is the second toe because it's much longer and ganglier than all my other toes. Hmm. Uh, my name is Peter. It's hard to pick a favorite out of. You can't pick a favorite out of all your little piggies, but uh, mine would definitely be the one that went to market uh, because I was too busy to buy cat food. Big toe. Pizza big toe kind of man. I guess so. Is your middle toe or your second toe longer than your big toe? Yep. Oh. I feel like I must have known this about you at some point. Both of them are. So is mine. I just checked. I just took off a sock because I'm a saucy Twitch girl. I'm wearing like shoes and socks. It's a lot of steps. I'm not going to check. I'm wearing shorts and no socks. Jamie takes off his shoe and his Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And and his sock is just a hoof. He's like, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger. No, wait, it's same size. I I can't tell. <laughs> which 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 side of your hoof is bigger than the other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, one sec. I'll be back. <laughs>